Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theodore Lim, and it is Season 2, Episode 3. On today's episode, we're going to build off of last episode. We're going to continue with the four doctors. Last week was Dr. Diet, and today's episode will be about Dr. Movement. So all things training and movement. So before I jump in, if you guys listened to the last episode on Dr. Diet, which was all about nutrition, let me know if you have any follow-up questions, if you have any feedback, comments, suggestions, anything. Message me on Instagram at theodore.lim. So, before I jump into Dr. Movement, I'm just going to put this out there that if anyone is looking for some guidance in terms of their training and how to train at home or what to do in the gym, message me. I have a few spots open for my online coaching. So, again, message me on IG or email me, theolim7 at gmail.com. So, let's jump in. Today will be Dr. Movement, the second of the four doctors. And in the following weeks, we'll jump into Dr. Quiet and Dr. Happiness. Before I continue, I just want to preface everything with some some discussions on goals and dreams i should have done this last week i overlooked it but having a very solid dream or goal will set a very good will set a very solid backdrop for the rest of this work so in terms of goals and dreams a common question is like what's your goal and a common answer is I want to lose fat or gain muscle or look better or feel better or move better those are all great but I want to just expand on it a little bit more because when I learned how to expand on it through Paul Check's teachings when I learned how to expand on that dream and goal and how to make that a little bit more concrete that really helped me fuel my everyday decisions. So one way to ask yourself this question is, what is your dream or what is your goal, which is the standard way. But to expand on this, you could also ask yourself, how do I want to live? What kind of person do I want to be? How do I want to feel? Like, what do I want my life to look like in three months? one year, three years, like what is an, what is your dream day or week or month? Like what, what does that involve? So I thought that was really helpful for me, like asking myself, how do I want to live? What kind of person do I want to be? Those things really help me because figuring those things out, having a very solid why, having a very strong why will help you with just being consistent being um, 
keeping your eye on the prize. It's kind of like a guiding North Star, right? Which I've talked about in the past. But there's a great, a great quote from Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, which is a great book. Everyone, highly recommend to everyone. But his quote is something along the lines of, those who have a why can bear almost any how. So those who have a strong enough reason can make it through any day-to-day obstacles that may appear. So I thought this was very helpful because in terms of nutrition, movement, recovery, and living life, like those things are basically all everyday decisions that we make constantly. Like when we wake up, we decide um, whether we're going to have some water first or whether we're going to go straight to the... I don't know, juice or coffee or pop. Um, And then we decide whether we're going to stretch or not stretch. We decide whether we're going to take care of ourselves, like our personal hygiene, or we're not going to. Uh, We decide whether we're going to go for a walk or go straight to the couch. Like every day is basically, there's another quote I really enjoy. It's like, discipline is a yes or no question asked a million times a day and when we have a solid dream or a solid goal it just helps us stick stick with it in terms of making those decisions that will help us get to where we want to be or become who we want to be so asking yourself what your dream life is what your goal is like how do you want to live what kind of person do you want to be how do you want to feel how do you want to make others feel those things are helpful. And really in terms of this, in terms of figuring that out, there's not a whole lot to do except to just sit down, turn off all other distractions and really think about it, put it on paper. And that, that kind of leads into a very important part of this is that make sure your goal is for you. I just want to preface the rest of this with the goals and the dreams because it's really helpful. And I guess before I move on, I'll share my dream, my current dream and goals. And I say current because these things can change and these things will change. Like we're always evolving, right? So these things will change. And that's actually something with the nutrition, with the training, Although something works for you right now, and although something is enjoyable for you right now, that can change, and that's okay. That's totally normal. So just to share like my current dream and goal, it's like over the last year, I've really just been focused on my own happiness, and in terms of the nutrition, food, sorry, nutrition, training, Um, how to make myself happy, why I'm doing these things is that I just want to be a vital, capable human being with good energy. I want to feel good about myself. I want to do the things that I enjoy doing. And ultimately, I want to do this because by creating that inner environment within myself, 
then when I go see my family or when I go to hang out with my friends or when I train my clients or just with strangers in general, like anyone and everyone, when I go out into the outer world, then I have good energy to give other people. And that is, in a nutshell, my dream and my goal. So how do I do that? I make sure I do things that I enjoy. I train the way that I like to train, that makes me feel good. And then I eat food that gives me good energy and also helps me feel good. So that's like the overall thing. And then of course, as like from my meathead perspective, from my meathead background, I mean, the podcast is called Building Strength. So I'm always trying to get stronger, always trying to get a little bit more jacked. And again, those things happen by getting adequate sleep, getting in good food, and then training consistently, right? And another big thing which we'll talk about in like Dr. Quiet and Dr. Happiness is like keeping stress levels lower. So all those things kind of contribute to my current dream and goal. And in order to do those things, it's really just about pinpointing the major items that I could be doing on a daily basis that will help me work towards that every single day. And again, it's stuff I've always talked about, sleeping, food, training, so sleeping, food, and movement. So without further ado, let's jump in. The outline of this podcast, I just talked about goals. I'm going to talk about movement and training some big items that that need to be um, mentioned from the get-go and then i'm going to expand on those principles lastly i'll go into my personal experience what i've learned thus far 13 years into the game i'll share my experiences and we'll just go back and forth with the principles and my experiences so I'm going to sip some co- I'm going to sip some water. I have water today. Okay. So doctor movement. We're going to be talking about movement and training in relation to overall health. So this isn't super specific to uh, training for aesthetics, which we will talk about, but this this is an overall movement and training for general health so we're also going to be talking about um, aesthetics and strength strength training but it's the bigger picture is our overall health and that's the that's one of the biggest switches i've made in my training in my health and fitness philosophy is that i'm The goal is health first, because health is the big umbrella. And then when health is taken care of, then optimal aesthetic and strength and performance goals can be met versus approaching it the other way where we're, where aesthetics is the main goal, but some, you can achieve aesthetics without overall health. 
and we can achieve strength without overall health uh, in terms of performance performance is a bit tougher you can't really i guess that's a, a bit of a different different category where you can't really perform that well you still can but the performance is a little more tied into overall health but they all are and we'll talk about that so just going to preface all that with we're talking about movement in relation to overall health so number one why doctor movement is one of the four doctors is because movement is life like literally if we're if we're no longer able to move we will slowly or rapidly diminish in terms of our life force in terms of our overall health like if someone's not able to move whether they're bedridden or they're sick or something happened they're not they're no longer able to get around our life quickly diminishes so movement is life and that's and as always anything is better than nothing so any kind of movement we're talking about movement in general this could be walking this could be playing sports this could be going for a hike this could be strength training and it could be running so anything any kind of movement is always going to be better than no movement at all and just like nutrition just like our decisions to eat certain foods or drink certain drinks is all up to us movement is also similar where it's all up to us like we don't need anything external to make movement happen like our body is capable of movement already like we don't need anything which is why these four doctors resonated so much with me because Paul Cech wasn't he's not really selling any any specific product he's just selling us on ourself basically he's selling us on our self-belief that we can take power and control of our lives and of our health so that's why doctor movement is the second doctor so any movement is better than no movement movement and mobility has to come before load so it has to move being able to move and having adequate mobility for that activity needs to come before you load that activity and load can come in the ter- in the way of weights or it can come in the way of the amount of times you're doing something so if you're in from a strength training standpoint it's simple if you have shoulder problems and you try to do too much you try to do push-ups you might do more harm than good you need to resolve the shoulder um, problems first but also in terms of running if your knees and ankles are not up to running and you start running five times a week that's also gonna you're also gonna run into issues there so movement and mobility has to come before volume or load number two you need to train the whole body so the you have to train the whole body in order to achieve optimal health and there are different 
ways to train. There's resistance training, but there's also aerobic training. So more for like more for strength and then aerobic training is more for your heart health, your overall health. But in any of those ways, in order to achieve like optimal and functional health, you need to train the whole body. And there are different ways to go about this. So let me explain. There's a very simple way that I like is you have to train the whole body. You have to train the front of your body. You have to train the back of your body. You have to train the sides of your body. And then, so these are, um, if you guys look up fascial lines in the body, and there are four fascial lines. I mentioned three of them, the front line, the back line, and the side line. And then there's a spiral line. If you can imagine an X going through your torso. So spiral meaning like rotation. So think like a, you're throwing a baseball. You kind of have to wind up and throw, right? Or you're throwing a punch. You have to wind up and throw the punch. So training the full body, that's one way to look at things. And I like those. And I guess I should say this now that I'm going to mention different methods for, um, for training and movement, but just like nutrition, focus on the principles that I'm talking about. Focus on the principles that you read about, that you see, and don't worry too much about the specific workout routine or mode of exercise or equipment that you're using the method always comes secondary to the principles. So focus on principles first and any learn those principles and then any method will work for you. Just like with nutrition, learn the principles that really matter and you don't need to follow any certain diet or anything like that. Or if you do, you'll know how to manipulate it so that the principles are what, what drives the progress as opposed to the specific method. So just for an example, sometimes people will ask like, should I train with barbells? Should I train with kettlebells? Should I train with body weight? What's the best way? There's no best way for general health. Of course, if you have certain um, activities like you're competing in, then only if you're competing in something or if you're working towards something like that, then of course you have to use whatever's gonna drive you towards that best, right? So back to what I was saying, make sure you train the whole body. So there's the fascial lines. I'll provide a link. There's also like the really standard strength training I guess template is now like make sure you're squatting in some way, make sure you're bending in some way, you're lunging, you're pushing, pulling, rotating, carrying stuff, and gait, like walking properly. So that's the that's pretty much like I'd say those two are the main ways to view training and they're again they're different ways to look at it but 
at the end of the day, they're both covering the same things. So as long as you train the whole body, that's what's important. And then these all layer on top of each other. So number three is make sure you're moving in different ways for your health. There's a common misconception that you can get all of your health benefits from one way of moving or one way of exercising. So I used to think that I could get all of my health benefits from lifting heavy weights. And although lifting heavy weights can be beneficial, it's very one-dimensional. So moving in different ways, I'd say at least two different ways, but the more the merrier will be great for optimal health. So nowadays I strength train, I lift heavy weights, heavy resistance training, but I also do yoga. So that's ground-based movement. I do yoga and I also am learning how to box. So that kind of gives me my more 3D movement. And then I also like to walk. I like to ride my bike. So all these things give me different um, ways to move my body. If I only ever walked which again, anything's better than nothing. But if I only walked, there are certain parts of my body that might start to lag behind or not develop. If I only ran, same thing. If I only rode my bike, same thing. So make sure you have different, um, different ways to move to enhance your health. Number four, learn to listen to your body. This is really important because learning to listen to your body in terms of movement is just as important as learning to listen to your body in terms of the food you're putting in you. I could go to all of the physiotherapists or massage therapists or trainers that I know and ask for help but if I never learn to tune into my own body I'm going to be in trouble because you're the only one who really knows how something makes you feel like I know that if I run for a certain amount of time my my knees will start to ache a little or I know if I spend too many weeks doing a barbell squat nowadays I'm going to start to pay for it. So learning to listen to your body with your movement, with your activities is really important. This is especially important when you're starting a new activity. So last summer I started to reintroduce, I started to introduce running into my uh, overall, into my weekly training program. And the first couple of times I noticed, okay, my ankle, because my ankle mobility is slightly hindered, I'm starting to feel some pain in my foot, in my ankle, in my knees. So I knew at a certain amount of volume, certain amount of time that I had to stop running. So I could only, so I, when I started running, I only ran for like five to 10 minutes at a time. 
and then I take a break and then do another five to 10 minutes. And that was good in order for me to slowly build up my my body's ability to do that activity, right? So whenever you're starting a new activity, just make sure you're listening to your body. Am I experiencing aches and pains? Because a lot of the times, the problem is really as simple as doing too much too soon. So you don't necessarily have to stop doing that activity. You might just have to do less of it for now until you build the appropriate strength or stamina or mobility to do that activity for longer. So number four, really important, learning to listen to your body because although I really enjoy barbell deadlifting, I used to barbell deadlift a lot. These days, it's not really in my program unless I really want to have fun or I'm with some friends and that's what we're doing. But I know that if I do too many weeks of barbell deadlifting or barbell squatting these days, my hips, my lower back, my knees start to ache a little. And I don't like that feeling anymore. So make sure you learn to listen to your body and respect your body enough to back off a little, figure out what you can do to improve the situation. Is it mobility? Am I just doing too much too soon? Figure that out and then slowly work towards it. Okay, number five. This is an aspect of Paul Cech's teachings about doctor movement that I really enjoy and not a lot of other people uh, talk about this. So one second here. So just had some water. <laughs> okay, Paul Cech teaches in terms of movement to make sure you're working out but you're also working in. So working out activities versus working in activities. Most of us are familiar with working out. That's what most of us do. We work out, we sweat a lot, we exert a lot, our heart rate gets really high, and generally that's where we get our endorphin rush, our endorphin high. So that's working out. We're all familiar with that. But he says in order to obtain an optimal obtain optimal health and optimal function to also make sure you're doing working in activities. So working in activities is the complete opposite. It's more of the recovery aspect versus the exercise aspect. So recovery aspect, some characteristics of that, keeping our heart rate low, um, activities that give us energy rather than take our energy. Um, one common sign, one, one big tell of whether an activity is a working in activity is that your tongue or your mouth is still wet. So let me give an example. If I'm doing yoga or meditation or Tai Chi, or if I'm going for a walk, 
the yoga and the walking are activities where if I went fast enough, my heart rate would go up. But in order for this to be a working inactivity, my tongue and mouth needs to stay dry. So if I'm doing yoga, I'm going really slow. My saliva starts to build up and it stays that way. I know that this is a slow enough pace for it to be categorized as a, as a working in activity versus if I'm doing some yoga is a bit faster, right? More movement, maybe it's in a hot room, our, our heart rate's getting up. That's not necessarily a working in activity. So all this to say that really just making, making sure you're balancing your working periods with your recovery periods. How I personally do that, I mean, I do, I do a short meditation in the mornings, very short, like three to five minutes max. That's one of my working inactivities. Other working inactivities I like, I do like to go for a walk anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, just a nice relaxed walk. And then in terms of my training session, my training always starts with a 10 minute joint mobility warm up. So that's, that's the working in. And then I actually do the training session, which is the workout. And then at the end of the training session, I'm cooling down for a few minutes, trying to get my heart rate back down, let the body know that it's safe. So in terms of my per, my own training session, that's how I sandwich the work in, work out, work in. Um, other modes of working in. So some examples, I've already mentioned a few. Uh, yoga, meditation, tai chi, walks. Um, there, there are a lot of other recovery modalities now as well. But I'd say those are the main ones. Okay. Where are we? One, two, three, four, five. Number six, find activities that you enjoy. This is really important because the more fun or the more enjoyable something is, the more likely you're going to continue to do that, right? And at the end of the, at the end of the day, consistency with our movement is key for our for our health so finding activities that you enjoy and although i'm personally into strength training and that's my main activity strength training doesn't have to be your main activity your main activity could be something else it could be playing a certain sport or going for hikes or riding your bike or going for a run like you could be, those could be your main activities. So just make sure you find activities you enjoy. And there are so many options out there. You really can't go wrong. You just, the main thing, make sure you enjoy it. Cause then the more you enjoy it, the more you'll do it. And the more you move, the healthier you'll probably be. But I'm just going to add a side to that. Although all activity is great strength training is important and then the follow-up question for that is like how much strength training should i be doing 
I personally think a minimum of two days, actually two days is perfect for most people. Two days of full body strength training is absolutely perfect for most people. Like if you are a runner and you run three to five times a week, strength training twice a week is still the be- the way to go. If you're a cyclist, strength train twice a, twice a week. If you play sports, whatever sport that may be, strength train twice a week. Why that is? Because strength training is one of those things that will enhance all of your other activities if you do it in a smart way, which I think two days is very, very good. Three days is also good, but I think it's once you start passing the four days a week range, then it's like, okay, that's become your main activity. I'm not saying that's wrong, but if you already run four days a week, you probably don't need to strength train for uh, four other days. So use strength training as something to enhance your other activities that you enjoy. Don't let it take away from those activities. So just because I use strength training as my main activity, I strength train three to four times a week, and then I do boxing twice a week. I walk, I ride my bike. Those things are kind of my secondary and third activities. So strength training is important and Again, the reason why is because it's one of those things that will help you train your full body. Like if you're a runner, your legs are going to get a lot of work, specifically the front of your legs, your quads, and of course, like your calves and your feet. But how about the rest of your body, your glutes, your hamstrings, your back, your shoulders, your core, those things need to be trained in a different way. Um, just like cycling is also another, both cycling and running are pretty similar. You're going straight on the front of your body is doing a lot of work. Like in cycling, the front of your body is doing a ton of work, your core, your arms, but your back is not getting anything. Your, um, your glutes, your hamstrings, they need to be trained directly in order to build a balanced body. Right? So there are a lot of That's why strength training is so popular these days because people have realized that it's a a way to enhance their sport. So say like another example, one last example is like, you know what? Screw it. Screw that last example. Let's move on. Strength training is important. That's it. I don't need to give more examples here. Okay, and in relation to strength training, let's talk about a few things. You need to prioritize technique before you add load. This is back to the first one. Movement and mobility before load. Technique in relation to strength training is important, but technique in relation to your sport is also important. Like if you're a runner, you want to make sure you're running optimally before you start running five times a week. So make sure that technique is on point. Uh, Invest your time, your energy, and your money. 
by learning, taking the time to learn or taking the time to hire someone that will help you learn it. But make sure your technique's on point. Um, next one, progressive overload is still important in relation to strength training. Progressive, progressive overload basically means like over a long period of time, you should be getting better in some way, shape, or form. So if I'm lifting weights over the course of weeks, months, and years, I should get better by being able to do either more or doing it, doing the same amount, but better or more efficient or faster. So progressive overload is still like the way to make progress when it comes to strength training. And we do this to build strength and muscle. There's a, an easy way to look at this is find a weight you can do for eight reps. That is a bit challenging. Of course, do it with great technique. And then keep doing that same weight until you can do it for 12 reps. And then when you can do it for 12 reps, find a new weight that challenges you for eight reps again. And if you can keep doing that for weeks, months, and years, you will get stronger, you will build more muscle. So that's an easy way to look at that. And then another big principle, something I'm always talking about, make sure you're consistent with your movement, make sure you're patient with your progress, and focus on your own progress. Don't worry about what other people are doing, keep your head down, focus on yourself, celebrate your own small wins every single day, and just string together days, weeks, months, and years. Okay, last point here, again, something that's already been said, make sure you're working hard, but make sure you're also recovering hard. So make in terms of recovery, get that sleep, get that good food in get that protein in, get those vegetables in, get that water in, and then work hard. And it's just a cycle. It's just a constant cycle here. So those, I'd say, are the main movement need-to-knows. So if you guys just, if you guys take notes on that, remember those things, you will be, you will be great for life. Again, these are principles, the principles are important because the principles are never, they're never going to change unless something like, some huge breakthrough happens, these principles are not going to change. So take it with you, internalize it, figure out what works for you with those things in mind, and you will be gold. So let's dive into this a little deeper. So movement. In terms of movement, how to figure out what's right for you you just have to ask yourself how much movement do i need daily to feel my best and this is going to be a bit different again it's going to be very individual 
if you currently don't do any movement at all, then maybe setting a goal of two to three days of movement, maybe that will help you feel better. Uh, for someone who's been doing this longer, that number might be different. But really just asking yourself, how much movement do I need daily to feel my best? And what kind of movement will that be? So for me, how much movement do I need to feel my best? Ideally, every day. And then what kind of movement does that look like? That's going to look like four to five days of resistance or aerobic training, whether I'm in the gym or I'm running or I'm boxing, four to five days like that. And ideally, I'd like to go for a walk every day, whether it's only 10 minutes or 15 minutes, it doesn't matter. That's what would help me feel my best. So taking the time to figure out what that means for you is really important. And then in terms of, sometimes I get the question of like, what is functional mobility or what is functional strength? Well, in terms of movement for, for function, it's going to depend on what you need to do in your day-to-day. Some people will have different demands in terms of their jobs or different demands in terms of their lifestyle. But we can go back. That's why this template is so great. We can go back to most of us need to be able to squat, lunge, bend over. We need to be able to push, pull, rotate, carry stuff, and walk. In regards to how lo- how much of each thing each of us has to do, that's going to depend on our different lifestyles. But in terms of functional mobility and strength, I think uh, one way I like to look at it is you need to be able to do what you have to do and you also need to be able to do what you want to do. So have to do's are things you need to do in your day to day and want to do's are things you would like to do, whether it's playing a certain sport, playing, doing a certain activity playing with your kids or grandkids. Those things, that's what I would call functional mobility and strength. And again, most of that can be achieved by being able to squat, lunge down to the floor, bend at your waist to pick something up, push something, pull something, twist your body, walking properly and carrying stuff that's that's the template i always go back to so when i meet a new client when we do an assessment the main things i'm looking for are i'm really just looking for red flags i'm going through my list of things things i want to things i think most people should be able to do i'm going through that list and basically, I'm just noting things that they're, someone is currently not able to do. And of course, things they're able to do. But they come to me because they need help with the things they can't 
they're, they're not able to do. So then I take note of that and then we just work on that. It's usually mobility based and one great thing to look into if you're interested for mobility, it's called the joint by joint method. I've talked about this before, but in terms of our body, individual joints, we either need mobility or stability. For the whole body, we need both. We need mobility and stability. But certain joints are meant to be mobile, while other joints are meant to be stable. So let's run through it. We'll start at the ankles. The ankle is a mobile joint. So doing ankle mobility, ankle mobility is a big thing. If you experience knee pain, um, a lot of times it can be the ankles. So ankle mobility, look that up. If you're not sure how to work on it or message me, the ankles need to be mobile, going up one joint. The knee needs to be stable, going up one joint. The hip also needs to be mobile. Going up another one, the lumbar spine needs to be stable. Going up one more, the thoracic spine, which is the mid and upper back. That's a bit, um, the thoracic spine's a bit of an anomaly. It needs to be stable and mobile. So there's the ankles, knees, hips, low back, mid upper back. Um, so what that really means is that if you're missing mobility in your ankles, then your knee, which is meant to be stable, might start to try to be a bit more mobile to compensate for whatever the ankle's not doing. And then the knee starts to compensate and then you start to experience pain in certain areas. Just like if the hip is not mobile enough, which is very common, if the hip's not mobile, again, the joint below the knees could start to try to do more than it needs to. Or your lower back, your lumbar spine could start to try to be more mobile when really it just needs to be stable. So that's how the compensations happen and that's why mobility is important. So that's why I talked about the functional mobility, functional strength. Okay, let me jump into... So earlier when I started this, I said that there's training for health and function, there's training for strength, there's training for sports, and there's training for aesthetics. For our purposes here, everything we've talked about is about training for health and function. But when you train for health and function, you will probably get strength, aesthetics, and performance as well. So why I think it's important to talk about this, why I like to share my experience with this is because over the 13, 14 years that I've been training now, there have been different phases and different environments that I've been in where I've learned and I've immersed myself in training for maximum strength, training for aesthetics, training for, um, and now more so these days, training for function and overall health. 
but I think it's important for all of us. Like everyone has their own journey with training. So although I'm talking about all of this, each of us has their own, their unique um, personal health journey. Whether you started by playing team sports from a young age or whether you're only discovering health and fitness in your later years. Everyone's got their own journey. Everyone's got their own experiences. And that's totally, as I said in the beginning, things change and that's totally normal. So I just want to kind of go over all the different training methods, training um, philosophies that I guess I've experienced and what a, a few tidbits, a few things that I've learned from each. So my personal training journey started in the strength training realm, more specifically powerlifting, barbell training. So this was like the classic five by five, mad cows, five by five. If you Google that mad cows, five by five or starting strength three by five, those two programs were what helped me build my base strength. And then I learned about Jim Wendler and his program. It's called five, three, one. But again, although this was the program, when I read his ebook, all great training books have a, they, you don't open the book and boom, it's the program. No, you open the book and it's the training philosophy, kind of like the things that I've laid out. Um, it always starts with a great training philosophy. And I was lucky enough to learn about Jim Wendler and his program from an, from a young age. And he's the one that taught me, make sure you take care of your body. Um, don't be in too much of a rush to add a lot of weight. Um, this is a long-term game. This isn't going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a month. It's not going to happen in three months. It's going to happen in three years, five years, 10 years. Take your time with it. There's no rush. So that was really that kind of philosophy left its mark on me and I've carried it to this day. Then I learned about Joe DeFranco. Um, and he's kind of a, now, um, he's, a at the time he was training a lot of football players. So he was more from a high performance standpoint. So strength training was important, but now dynamic training was also important. So being strong, but also being powerful, knowing how to move your body in different directions in a powerful way, but also knowing how to move objects or I guess in the football world, people in front of you. So Joe DeFranco really taught me how to put together, uh, he called it, well, like he got this from Louis Simmons, the West Side, West Side Barbell, right? He's kind of the grandfather of all this, like max strength and dynamic strength. Uh, max strength would be like your heavy barbell squat or heavy barbell bench or heavy prowler push 
or heavy push-ups, heavy dips, max strength being on one end of the spectrum and then dynamic like strength or speed being on the other end of the spectrum. Think um, box jumps or medicine ball throws or uh, standing long jump. So those kinds of things were dynamic and just learning how to integrate those things and understanding that having one strength quality which is um, maximum strength is not the be all end all in terms of our overall performance for our overall performance there needs to be max strength there needs to be speed training and then in the middle there's also strength speed training and there's also endurance training so how to integrate all those things to make a complete athlete or a complete person in the terms of movement and training so those guys were very pivotal in my development with the with strength training and again joe defranco always drilled in home like make sure you do a proper warm-up uh, you want to learn how to train like you're in your 50s so that when you're actually in your 50s you can keep training so that was something that that was um, driven home to me very early on and then I started learning about and then of course bodybuilding bodybuilding is not really something I put in my notes but it came to my mind just now I did I did uh, bodybuilding programs for a very long time where it was just like training the muscles um, push pull legs Shoulders, arms, back, chest, quads, glutes, hamstrings. I did that for a very long time too. And bodybuilding has its benefits as well. I think learning how to feel certain muscles, learning how to um, create tension by slowing things down, knowing how to target and feel the individual muscles is super important. So I did bodybuilding for a long time and then I learned about group fitness through my, through working at Myo Detox Performance. I learned about group fitness, which was kind of like not CrossFit, but whenever someone walked into the gym, they'd be like, is this a CrossFit gym? But functional fitness, functional group fitness. I learned about that and some good takeaways from group fitness was like you we're able to do more than we think we could do like just through the sheer amount of work I saw people who did it well I saw how much they were able to do in a 40 minute work period coming from a powerlifting uh, background my workouts were like an hour, hour and a half. Throw a warm up on that, throw a cool down on that. You're in there for two hours. So when I start, when I first saw how much work was being done in group fitness, I was like, damn, okay, there's, there's something to be taken away from this. So just learning how to move faster. And of course, in group fitness, you're working out in a group that can be beneficial as well because you're feeding off of everyone's energy, right? 
and then from there, strong first. I learned about strong first. I learned about kettlebell training, which has been the majority of my training for the last two to three years has come from kettlebells. And to be honest, the strong first principles are all very similar to Joe DeFranco, Jim Wendler, like the training principles are all very similar. They're very sound with the strong first. It was just like, now we're doing all that with kettlebells. So it was just a different method, different equipment, but the principles were the same. I also got a lot out of yoga and animal flow, just in terms of movement, in terms of ground-based movement being really important. Like it's great to be able to lift a lot of these weights, but what can you do on the floor? How, um, how capable are you? Can you control your own body weight? I thought that was all very helpful and yoga really tied into mindfulness for me. I, I, as I said in the beginning, one of my working inactivities is meditating and mindfulness meditation is just, it taught me like how to breathe well, how to control your breathing, how to relax, um, how to, how to turn on and off mainly how to turn off um, very effectively very efficiently and breathing from an early age like from powerlifting breathing bracing the core that was really important so when i learned about like the breathing in regards to mindfulness and in yoga i was like okay these things are very similar we're just using the breath in a different way to achieve a different result one of them being using the breath to create maximum tension to lift the most amount you can and the other way using the breath as a way to center yourself and to come back to like yourself your center so yoga animal flow mindfulness meditation those were all helpful and then the last one, the most recent one, which if you've only learned about me recently or started following me recently, you see me doing a lot of burpees, a lot of push-ups. Um, I learned this from Iron Wolf. Look him up on YouTube, Iron Wolf. He's in, he's in the U.S. military and he, he started sharing his body weight workouts. So I learned about doing burpees from him. And again, it was one of those things similar to group fitness where when I saw it for the first time, I was like, man, this person's getting a lot of quality work in, in a very efficient way. And for me, that, that was what attracted to me to it. So, and then of course, now with the pandemic and everything that's happened in the last year, the value of knowing how to push yourself with just your body weight that that's super valuable to know so and i guess i should include boxing i i just started boxing i don't know enough to talk about it but growing up i played a lot of sports pretty much like 
sports all day, every day. So now being able to integrate boxing into my routine has kind of given me that athletic movement that I've been missing for so many years. So just getting that athletic movement in, that's been really nice. And it's always fun to learn something new. Just got to bring a, be patient with it, be consistent with it and bring the, it's called the white belt mentality. Just come in as a beginner and just absorb everything. But really the reason why I went through these things, and I mean, if you look back on your own journey and take, and just reflect on all the different steps you've taken in terms of your health and fitness journey and where that's brought you today, I think it's, um, it's fun to reflect on it and think about the things, the positive things you've taken from each things, uh, from each of those things. And all this to say that once you learn the principles, then you can start to freestyle. So now that, now that I've been this deep into my journey and now this is where I am, now I kind of take bits and parts of all of these different experiences and make it kind of a nice melting pot of training. So just uh, before I sign off, hope this was helpful as always. This is Dr. Movement. Again, it's all in our control. It's on, it's in your control. You, you're in control. And just like what I said with nutrition there, we live in a world where so little is in our control, but the way we move our body, the way we honor our body by resting or putting the, the foods that will give us good energy into our body. That is in our control. What we decide to allow into our life, all of that's in our control. So before I sign off, just gonna, just gonna run through this real quick again. Make sure you train your full, whole body, learn to listen to your body, move in different ways, Find activities you enjoy, be consistent, be patient, and think long-term. And remember, the best movement or the best exercise is the one you will do regularly. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope you took away at least one thing from this. As always, if you guys have any questions, comments, feedback, feel free to message me or email me. Thank you for listening. And until next time, peace.